I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. And welcome to our thought-provoking podcast with myself, actor, writer, director and deep thinker, Libby MacArthur, counsellor, life coach and all-round mountain man, Ross Hislop, and compassionate, strong advocate for women, motivational speaker and broadcaster, Anne Hughes. In this series of podcasts, we talk about the things that we hardly ever talk about. We attempt to unpack the obvious, important, enormous life topics, questions and controversial issues that no one hardly ever mentions or wants to discuss. Because it makes, well, at least some of us, feel a tad uncomfortable. Nothing here is overlooked. This is The Elephant in the Room. The massive elephant in the room this week is jealousy or envy. Whether we like it or not, we all feel these strong emotions, but seldom take ownership of them. In this podcast, Ross, Anne and I grappled with the notions of jealousy and envy, interrogating what they make us feel, how we process them, and just what exactly is the difference between them anyway? As you'll hear, I started off being rather confused about the difference between them. Is envy when you want what someone else has, but jealousy is when you're worried someone's trying to take what you have? (laughs) Well, this is how Ross, Anne and I tried to make sense of it all. We're looking at jealousy and envy and how little we actually really understand when we're talking to each other of what they are. I'm not... What do you think is the difference between envy and jealousy? Well, Are they the same thing? I think it's very confusing, and I've been reading on this for a few days, so I could give us some definitions towards it's from like, the internet. Okay, see what we think about the We'll most, see where we get like, to on, go on So jealousy on. is when you worry that somebody's going to take what you have. Yeah. Keep your eyes off my fucking man, right? Okay. Oh, no, so wait a minute, if you're jealous, it's not that you're worried, it's if uh, the idea of... Um, Somebody taking what you've got. Losing something. Losing, not uh-huh. somebody taking, but like, whereas envy is wanting what someone else has. See, I'm oh still my confused. God, I've got my I'm still confused. I'm so still I'm confused. envious, no jealous. Right, wait a minute. Envious, I'm, I'm, like, wait a minute, I'm still confused, right? So if I'm <laughs> jealous, I'm looking at what somebody's got and I want what they've got. No, no, no. No, right? So, because you said jealousy is being worried that somebody's going to take, take what, what I've got. got. So if I, I was being jealous, I'd be worried that somebody was going to take Gary oh, off my hand. I see. So, so if we, I was being envious, I'd be thinking, I love the look of okay. her man, I'm getting So is, is jealousy then Jolene, <laughs> Jolene, Jolene? So I know, I know you're better looking than me and you could take my man. Is that jealousy? Is that when you look at Jolene and you go... Oh, Jolene, you could so easily take my man because you've got, got it all Maybe going we're on. Maybe we finding a place to right. hang jealousy. So, Jolene and jealousy—that's a good. That'll keep uh-huh. me right. But envy is when you look at somebody's life and you go, oh, I, I wish like I that. had some of that in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, Ross? Makes sense to me. Aye. So okay, can, are, are the three, three of us put our hands up then and say, I have suffered both. I know I've suffered both jealousy and Absolutely. envy. Absolutely. Absolutely. My jealousy and my envy, if it was a set of scales, as extreme as my insecurities, i.e. hunters, hunters of it. So they are insecurities, aren't they? Jealousy, when we start talking about jealousy and envy, we can't talk about jealousy and envy without talking about our insecurities. Totally, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I think about jealousy, people would call jealousy love, wouldn't they? Wanting with somebody else, I like, it's a bit of suspicion and trust. I'm no jealous, I just love you. I don't want you to go with your pals because I don't want other men to look at you because I just want you all to myself. That's jealousy. Oh, that's control. That's that's, but, but that's, that's dominating. Oh, Most things in the world are control, yeah. probably, but that is jealousy. Dressed up as love. Mm-hmm. But it's so, okay to have these feelings. Why Why is it so shameful to feel jealous? Why is it so, so you know, it's such a shadow kind of experience? But we know how I like to go on an arc, so who knows where we'll be by the end of this conversation. I, know, I don't I know. think jealousy has played a big role in my life, but I can tell you it's the instance of complete envy. I can remember it and well, I still live it out. Confess. Every Wednesday and every Saturday. Said the Catholic. So... The, when the lottery first came out and I worked in a bookshop that was on the books corner it was called Dylan's at the time it's not there anymore I remember it well that was my Saturday job right and there was these cleaners I'm sure she was called Effie and Eric were they called and this one sat Sunday I guess I'd be in to work and they let us in because they were there before us in the morning she said me Anne Hen that's me that's my last shift and I was like oh how come what's happened we won the lottery last night <laughs> yeah the grudge the woman that goes in at six o'clock in the morning to clean a bookshop, I burn the money. No, I don't. I didn't then and I don't know. But oh my God, I was so envious. And now that plays out in my life every Wednesday and every Saturday when I don't win the fucking lottery. <laughs> Honestly, I look at it and when somebody at the weekend, one person won at £13 million. I was like, and that is so we need, we need to talk about it. Could that not be me? And then I get a wee text saying, you have won a lucky dip. Go fuck your lucky dip. Well, that's a great thing because that'll tell us what we get jealous and what we get envious about. Because I would normally be jealous about winning the lottery. I've got no desire to win hundreds of money for nothing. That would be my last thing to be envious about. Not least because folk go after heat. What are the stories about the lottery winners that we know? They, they, they lose their pals, they fight with their families. It's a nightmare. I think it comes, I think that comes from my you, upbringing, probably, doesn't it? It's like growing up in poverty and there never being enough and the idea of there being, I never need to worry about money again. What I have realised in my life in the last year or so is, whether you worry about money or no, it's not going to make money, so stop worrying about it. So I you're jealous of people's security? No, I'm envious. I'm okay, jealous. that's I'm right. Envious. So that's right. Got to get so I think I'm envious of people who have a lot of security and know they will be okay. Okay, I'm jealous of that. how I will live in the world. Uh, my bills will always be paid. I'll always have a roof. Yeah. I'll always have a full okay. cupboard. Because that scarcity, I think, is deep in my psyche for many a generation. Scarcity. Now, uh-huh. scarcity... That's interesting that you use that word because jealous and envious or any words that we're going to use has ultimately got a mindset of scarcity behind it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them do. But I've noticed that Libby jumped in to say that, so you're jealous and you said, no, you're envious. We're back to attempting in these podcasts to explain words. Aye. We throw words around so readily now, as we spoke earlier on, do we know what we're saying? Oh, I'm paranoid. No, you've just had a wee fright. 
I paranoia, as we said in the past. Past was snipers coming down through the window to get you that aren't actually there. Aye. Oh, I'm jealous. But jealous is thinking, I'm jealous that he's driving a Ferrari or I'm jealous that he's got a better body than me. That's no jealousy. That's envy. So we're actually throwing words about that we don't know the meaning about. Should the words be comparisons? My dad used to say comparisons are odious. It always made me laugh that word odious, like a bad smell, but... But comparisons are odious. Aye. Comparisons, again, are coming for scarcity and there's nothing wrong with a comparison as long as, like what we've discussed earlier on in other podcasts, is as long as we use that comparison as a way to drive us forward, almost like a healthy competition, whereas those comparisons can end up becoming so disabling that we can't do anything. We become stuck and rigid. Mm-hmm. I always think healthy competition's a wee bit of an oxymoron. You know, that's another. But that, maybe that's another podcast... <laughs> Aye. Aye. Competition, competition as a, as a healthy thing. A mm. Like if you thing. use if you use your comparison that oh I would like to be a stone lighter but end up just being envious of the person and not doing anything about it, but actually uh, acknowledging that you would like to have that and then using that for the better good of yourself, then that's a positive way of using envy or using comparison. Yeah. But as we started talking about there. All those particular labels that we're using are coming from a place of scarcity. What does that mean? It means that we don't think we're enough, that we have to look outside of ourselves to be like somebody else, but we don't know what their life's actually like. Absolutely. And it's be careful what you wish for, you know, because... Yeah, we have no idea what the life's like. Sorry, Ross, I just felt that. It may look like they have the healthiest relationship in the world, but you just don't know if behind closed doors they're being domestically violent to one another. So we're sitting in a party, envious of this couple that's portraying to the party that they're the happiest couple in the room. The minute they walk out that door, they might let go of each other's hands and start a riot. Of course, of course. Or the time when I was feeling chubby and saw this woman in front of me with a long blonde hair and a wee tiny bum and I thought... God, it would be great to be just that size, and all. and then he turned in, and he his face was all was all, but he was a you know, but it's like you know, it's like a it's almost like a kind of Grimm's fairy tale. Be careful if you want a cheap trick result because there'll be a, there'll be an undercurrent. Like I think if somebody's a billionaire these days, we should be talking about them and going, oh, is he getting support? Having having more money, hoarding money, hoarding money is as crazy as hoarding shoes. You can't be a billionaire without exploiting people. Sorry, mum, that means Oprah Tay, and that obviously is a dagger in my heart. But if we go back, so if we were to just look at jealousy and like that whole idea of jealousy in a relationship, is that normal? Is that okay? Do you think? Do you know, I used to have this fantasy that I'd get married to this lovely bloke and him and I would be lying in bed talking and I'd say to him, right, who did you fancy this week? And he would go, oh, her in the post office. I'd go, what, her with the goofy teeth? And he goes, aye, and then I'd try and make my teeth a wee bit goofy and go, what, teeth like this? And then he'd say, right, who did you fancy the day? And I'd go, oh, the postman. And he'd go, ah, that, what, that guy that's got that funny wee walk? And, that, and, and then, you know, John, just sharing. Why is it such a shadow experience feeling jealous why don't we just share it why don't we go I was really feel jealous within my relationship I've what? been with my husband for 24 years we've been what if I came at your house right now and started flirting with your lovely lovely man either it would you would have a bit of a laugh it would dampen out because Gary would shit himself <laughs> 
or he's would go away and have a wonderful life together. Either way, I'm okay with that because I want my man to be with me because he wants to be with me. Of course. No, because he feels an obligation and to I be with not, me. You know, I would no more flip with your man than flying the air. And I have so actually said, point. I've actually said to you about Gary and his beard, I've said, I have got beard envy. Gary. How many times have I said that I to you and knowing you? And where I would like to open up a conversation, right? If we've got jealousy and we've got envy, and jealousy and envy is the ham and the cheese in a sandwich, what's the bread? And for me, the bread that holds the sandwich together is shame. Mm. Yeah. Shame is actually at the root of jealousy and at the root of envy. So we can't have a conversation about jealousy and envy without having a conversation about shame. Are we trying to avoid because, feeling the shame? Because sh- we're trying to avoid it. We're dissociated and our whole society is set up on a shame-based model because we are now looking at a pandemic of uh, drug and alcohol use. We're looking at, uh, look at what the cosmetic industry is worth, the products that are getting sold, the cosmetics that are being offered to young men and young women they are getting pecs implanted, ladies are getting breasts implanted, they're getting their lips done, they're getting their nose done, they're getting fillered up, they're getting filtered up and that system is just playing into a shame based model where we don't believe that we're good enough. Yep, I buy that I buy that and if we think about relationships, you know some people like that their man would be a wee bit jealous or their woman would be a wee bit jealous at some point as, right. if that, as if that's an indication that's that they like, care. He really loves me because so he doesn't want me oh, to go out and have lunch with us today. Been, I've been challenged with that. I had a... Where does it cross the line into being okay? It's never oh, okay for me, well, is quite honestly with that. No. Well, but there must be a line everybody's got. It's just some people's lines are way down the field for where my line sure. would be. I have got that. I can give you an example of that. I had Fire a partner. Away. I had, <laughs> I had a partner for 12 years and... Um, I am not jealous of other men, like what you just said about Gary. If my partner at the time had went away with somebody else, well, better man him. I was okay with that. But my partner used to confront me and say, you didn't get annoyed that I was flirting with Gary the night, so you don't love me. Well, that's terrible, yeah. Mm. yeah. And that's like, that's but a lot of shit to unpack into it that's, there. That's and her background. Mm-hmm. And in her psyche. But I'm not going to be jealous of Gary. Because I'm never going to be jealous. I'm not going to be jealous of other... And I would have wrongly said, but I'm not jealous of other men that you're around. I'm jealous of the cars that they drove. But I wasn't jealous of the cars that they drove. I was envious of the cars that they drove. We've got that clarity. I was envious. But is it not the case that, you know, I don't think of myself as somebody that's going to look at, you know, if I'm with a bloke and look at another woman and kind of go, oh, he's going to fancy her more than me. I don't. I'd be much more likely to be having a chat with her and forget it. But I know I've been in relationships where the neurosis have set in because a guy's enjoying... I remember being with a guy once and, oh, my God, he was a nutter. And, and uh, we were in the um, fruit market and it had the balcony right up. And he would do things like... This is, I mean, God forgive me for going out with him for a minute, never mind as long as I did. But he would go away for 20 minutes and I would have been chatting with somebody and get a drink and go to the ladies and come back and then go, where's he gone? And he'd come back and he'd say, I enjoyed watching you feel neurotic and watching me I enjoyed making you jealous and you know so he would thank god you get shot huh oh god (laughs) hot cold hot cold hot cold so you know the first couple of dates I went out with my I was not that bored but see by the end of it it wasn't that I was loving him more can I just say I was awfully young I didn't love him more but I was more anxious but that was his his insecurities playing on mine you know so I think it's possible that folk can 
on their mind. Do you think that's changed? Do you think that that's changed in our oh. system? Or do you think that people are still out attempting to get a reaction from their partner because they think that that would give them more connection, I more sometimes love. feel as if I am not the best person to have a big... Because I've been with my husband for an awful long time. I've been with him for many of my life than I was in the And so there is a trust and a, an understanding there that I often feel as if I can come across as a bit of a smug cow when I say, I know my man's not going to do anything. Do you know what I mean? And that just comes across in not a helpful way for other people, so it's maybe better. Is it that that you know that your man isn't going to do anything or is it that you're completely grounded in the fact that you're not going to do anything or both? I think both. And do you know what I'm also okay with? I will always be okay. So even, and I really will be with the man until the day I die, but even if I was to run away the morrow with another woman, I know I'll be okay. And therefore it's self-assurance. And that's why I think I don't, jealousy doesn't play a big role in my life. But if it does play a part in a relationship, then what do we do about it? I had a, I had a girlfriend once who got married and she said to me that she couldn't come and meet the girls on a Friday night, which was a regular thing we did. She said because her man had said, look, now that you're married, you just don't act like that anymore. You cannot go out with a bunch of single women on a Friday night anymore because you're married to me, so I'm not allowing it. And I said to her, well, I think you need to support him through that. Really hear him, really have lots of compassion for him because he's genuinely suffering and struggling with all that. And once she, once he feels really heard and really understood and, and really kind of, you know, that, that you've owned that, that um, that's who you're married to, then come out and meet us on a Friday night. So it's like like when your partner says, your behaviour has to be different because I suffer from jealousy. The way that you are has to change because I'm envious of your gig, your job, your the way people look at you, talk to you, you know, and you are know with you. But I want to scream into the world for young women because you know it's just who, I, who I'm always wanting to speak to is like, see when you think that his jealousy means he loves you, Run for the fucking hills. Totally. Even if it's your own neuroses, he's jealous. It just means he loves me. Start running and start wondering why you think that's okay. Totally. And young men, if you think being jealous shows how much you love your partner, phone a friend. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. And now now we can really start to understand that, that jealousy is the seed that gets up stalking, gets up domestic violence, you know, it can be that kind of, and it's all about that insecurity, it's all about that that feeling of not good enoughness, shame and all that, and, you know, so I suppose what we're talking about is when other people are the, the, the difference that you think is needed for you, there's a problem. You need to do your own work on I, that. I, you need to attach to your own gods, to your own self-esteem. It's a spiritual thing again, Ross. Absolutely. It's a spiritual healing. And I suppose I'm not the biggest person on the Bible. I'm not going to be very knowledgeable on the Bible. But, of course, envy is one of the, de- the seven deadly sins. And when I was reading about envy, thinking about the day, it's both a noun and a verb. So it's both a doing word and a descriptive word. So it's like that resentful longing, um, you know, that you're aroused by someone else's possessions. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it's also a real, de- a real desire to have things that belong to somebody else. So, let's, so it really crosses a lot right. of boundaries, envy. So how, it's how, a big word. How, how, um, how candid are we going to be here? We've mentioned the Bible. We've mentioned the seven deadly sins. Is there something that you envy? Is there something you're jealous of, Ross? I'm going to not jealous. You're getting the words muttered again. Ross. No, 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 no. I'll ask two different questions. All then. right. Okay. Is there something you envy? Is there something you're jealous of? I I realise there is a bit of me that you know, and like you were sort of saying, I don't think about being envious of people who suddenly get quick money, like because I know I've I know you could. 
throw money at certain individuals and they'd be skint, it'd be like running the tap with the plug out waiting for the sink to fill up. I know there's folk who have a scarcity, scarcity mentality and you could throw money at them and they'd get themselves skint again. You know, we all know that, right? You know? So it's about it's about a sense of, I'm not envious of a sense of entitlement, but imagine being somebody who didn't have any anxiety around security. Do you know what it brings me to yeah, a my book of one of our first conversations? Really? In the first couple of times, and I don't have the best memory, so I'm impressed this has just bounced right in there. It was maybe the first or second time we'd met, so I don't know, four or five years ago, I bet. And I remember you were asking me about the wings and all that, and I was telling you, so I've got three kids, so I was telling you about that, and you said to me, I would love to begin home a man in wings to cook a dinner and have a family meal and all that. And I said, I would love to begin home an empty house where I just had to suit myself. And it wasn't me saying I don't want what I've got because I do want what I've got, but there's something about what you've got that's that. Well, I I have to go for my shop when I leave here the day, and I have to get home and I have to make sure everybody's fed, my wee boy's yeah. bath, everybody's in their sure. bed, everybody's got what they've got. Do you sure. know what I mean? And there's something about somebody who can just get home and do what they fancy. The grass is always greener. Aye. I've got two great girlfriends who I love dearly, and they both we went for a, a drink the three of us, and the two of them uh, live with their men, and the two of them just getting at this wee kind of reverie and I watched it where they were going imagine living alone imagine no having to deal with somebody else's shit imagine having your own room a room of my own you know and it was interesting to watch it because mm-hmm. of course there's me saying that to you Anne but I don't think my house is too big for me you know Ross you said you said to me are you always going to live in this big house and I said I you know so 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 there is a bit of me that kind of goes that is totally true Anne I would love to be in partnership. I would love to be walking, put the key in the door and shouting, I'm home. But I also love my own space. And they don't contradict each other. We're just never happy. <laughs> mm, not to interject, which I am, is you answer, we looked at asking about the Bible and then we just completely skipped right over that. Oh, let's go back to that. Let's, let's just take a wee couple of minutes. Sins? So it's seven deadly sins. So what is basically that telling us that we're not allowed to do? We're not allowed to be envious. So when you're not allowed to do anything and you resist something, does that decrease it or increase it? Mm. So it decreases it. So it's actually telling us that we're not allowed to feel something that is a natural human state. Mm. So lust and denial is the head and the tail of the one coin? Is that how it works? Well, to describe to the audience what the head and the tail of the same coin is, it's like if it says in the big book that envy is a deadly sin, but we all feel it, then really what we're denying is a primitive verge that's within us all, which isn't going to be effective to deny it. It's more effective to accept it, which is back to naming it to taming it and just noticing that any time you're going to feel envious, are you in a connected way of being or a disconnected way of being? Are you mm-hmm. in a connected state or a disconnected state? Well, I would take a guess that you're in a disconnected state. So you don't feel connected to yourself. Whereas I heard... Libby just say two seconds ago that she would love to be in partnership with who? With somebody outside of yourself or with yourself? Because if you were in total partnership with yourself and you were completely attuned to your own needs and you were able to take care of your own needs, would you feel any envy or jealousy? Greed? Shame? Guilt? Probably not. That's quite interesting. I do know that there's been times in my life where and I know we've all felt this at one point where you go I would not change a single moment of this you know that way, I wish I, there was a lovely Eddie Reader um, line that says, uh, 
I wish we were a photograph, you know, you know that mm. moment when you laughed and I wished we were a photograph. And it, it's that kind of, you know, you know, not a single moment would I have differently. I've had that experience when I've been on my own. I've had it when I've been with somebody. I've had it, you know, it's it's that experience of, oh, God, I'm so fully present to my life at the moment. I'm just, you know, it's glee. And, you know, so, and it's not being dependent on circumstances. That's interesting. And I think it's also recognising that that is a, a roller coaster, that being contained. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wishing for something else, thinking something else better, realising, you know, I think being like the alchemist almost, you know, he has Santiago, he has to go all the way, all the way away to realise that it should have been him. Yeah. And I say this as a woman who bought the house I grew up in and that's where I love now. So I do call myself Santiago quite often. So I am away, yeah. I went away to come back to be that's so... I can't yeah. live here. Yeah. I have, you know, I want to stretch out of this. This is not who I am. And that's from Paolo Colonel's The Alchemist. Uh-huh. Do you know what I love about that? And The Wizard of Oz, It's a Wonderful Life and The Alchemist are all the same story. Aye. It's not where the coconuts grow. Okay. It's not over the rainbow. Happiness is a decision that you make. It is. It's, it's only ever in the holy instant. It's only in the moment, you know. I mean, we've been talking about the Bible. Obviously, none of us are overtly religious. It sounds yeah. as if we are. We're not. We're, 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 we're on just a like spiritual a story journey. that's been a bit for thousands exactly. of years. And it's a brilliant story and there's loads to glean for it. But that, those old stories, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, The Wizard of Oz and uh, yeah. Paolo Colero's The Alchemist is the same story. Happiness is in the tip of your nose if you if you were to just choose the holy instant 
And that's why I find jealousy within a relationship just such a destructive thing. I don't want to be here in this relationship just because I've managed to keep you. If you're looking at somebody else, I want you to be here because you want to be here. Yeah, But does that come with me sitting in a place where I've been with the same man for 24 years where that's up to you, you know, we've to been discuss through this an now. awful lot. We've had three children, you know, I've nearly died. We've buried all our parents, all the rest of it. Absolutely. So we've been on a big, long journey. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I, I'm sometimes... Okay, so, so jealousy and envy then is maybe an area where there's not enough information. That there's, so the scarcity of, of, of the feelings that, that happen around jealousy and envy are about not knowing that there are... And, and, and yet... Wonder is a wonderful thing, you know. So what's the opposite of wonder? The, the the kind of absolute guarantees, you know, there are no guarantees. If you had a sense of entitlement, would you be more jealous? Would you be more envious? If you had a sense of entitlement, would you go, well, don't you know who I am? You should find yourself lucky. <laughs> but also at a primitive level, at a survival mechanism, you know, we have got a system in our brain that's set up for fight, flight, freeze, fawn or flip. If we walk outside today and we see something, a masked man with a gun, it promotes us to action to get us to run the heck away for that. That's a positive thing. But jealousy actually increases the same stress hormone in the brain as fear. It's a stress response. Mm. It puts us immediately into fight, flight or freeze. And what we've spoke about in previous podcasts and in content around about anxiety, where there's anxiety, there's cortisol. Where there's fear, there's cortisol. Where there's jealousy, there's cortisol. Mm. So if you're feeling dead in your relationship or dead within yourself, then a wee bit of jealousy is going to be having like a wee sniff of something or a wee shot of something, because it actually throws you into a fight, flight or freeze response, mm-hmm. right? So in actual fact, we could start manufacturing Handleable. jealousy. Handleable jealousy. In our brain <laughs> as a way to actually promote us to feeling something because we feel so dead. Mm-hmm. So we manufacture jealousy, we create these feelings that aren't real, perceived or otherwise, as a way of putting us into a stress response which is just taking us back into fear and taking us back into anxiety, which then takes us back to, I'm no good enough, which then just keeps the cycle of shame going. So we can't have these conversations about isolating certain feelings such as jealousy or envy or anxiety without talking about shame. I said that at the beginning. What is it that we are so ashamed of? Yeah. Well, it's the, there's a subconscious guilt and shame that we're all not good enough you know there's a not good enoughness are we saying that jealousy is actually darker than envy jealousy is darker than envy it seems to me that jealousy is more attached to who we believe we are as opposed to envy seems to be more about but stuff and folk and life whereas jealousy is more personal I know is that what we're saying I mean I think and it was interesting you brought up fear as well there because Wayne Dyer who's one of my greatest teachers he would always say that every choice you make is a choice between love and fear yes so I'm going to be jealous of the fact that you're going out with somebody else tonight or I'm just going to love you so I'm either going to be in fear that you meet somebody else or I'm just going to love that you're having a good time so I suppose what it could bring is doing is what is the causes of jealousy is it low self-esteem? Is it being neurotic? Is it insecurity? Mm, is it inadequacy? I would go for is low it, self-esteem. I'm inadequate. I'm not enough of a woman, so he's going to find another one. Yep. 
I will FYI that way I think I'm better than a fair woman <laughs> so, do, so do we I would say but there again when we start to look at it in a brain structure perspective and we start to look at it from a chemical perspective believe it or not one of the most beautiful hormones that we have inside ourselves, which is called oxytocin which promotes altruism generosity love giving the 12 step of the 12 step process is once you've had a spiritual experience through working a process of recovery you take a message of hope to others others that are suffering when you're giving you get oxytocin but believe it or not that wonderful chemical oxytocin still has its roots in jealousy so there's a dark side like what Libby was saying there's a the opposite side of the same coin oxytocin even has a negative content to it which is one of the most healthiest hormones that we can have in our body what if jealousy comes out of a situation where you've convinced yourself that there's nothing you can do to make yourself be the guy that you think you ought to be for that relationship, gig, situation, circumstances. So what if you're jealous of somebody's youth? What if you're jealous of somebody's skin colour? What if you're jealous of somebody's you know, ethnic roots? What if you're jealous of somebody's financials and you don't feel empowered to change that? Is there desolation? Is there devastation? What do we do? If, if we're experiencing, I will never be good enough and there's nothing I can do to get myself better fit for that relationship, that gig, you know? And I say this as if it's something that I really know and it is something I know, but... Ask the question there, Anne. I know, I'm going to answer it. Rest assured that I remind myself a lot, a lot of times a day is, could we get to a place where we accept I am enough? I Hi. am unbroken and therefore, I would not question all those things. I wouldn't be saying I'm not young enough because I'd be saying, but I'm perfectly me in the perfect time, in the perfect space. I quite often talk to myself about going at my own pace and, uh, and the fact that um, my fears are generally unfounded. They really are. You know, I mean, one of the things that's a constant source of amazement to me is how many people love me. You know, to know that's true in my life is just every day I kind of, really? You know, so so I think that personal responsibility of reminding ourselves of that I think is huge Anne you know that kind of you don't need fixed I mean one of the things I love about you two is is, is we, we we talk about there is no real hierarchy we think there is all you have to do is hang about with a dog or a wain or a horse and you'll understand that they know there's no hierarchy yeah do you know what I mean and, and we know that's the truth although we'll be talking about all these fears and anxieties we know in truth there's only one of us here and we're all the same mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a minute to say you don't live through your anxieties. and Or, you know, and adding into what you said, the more money you've got, the more you want. The more money that you've got, the more you totally. gloat. Totally. The more, you know, the more you move towards the light, the brighter the light, the bigger the shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, the more love that you can feel that you've got, the more, the more you're maybe going to experience other kinds of jealousy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean to say that all your problems go away when you get the love of your life. It just means that then you might be more scared of losing them totally. if you've not done the work on yourself in order to manage this. Do you think that somebody that's got a yacht that's 300 metres long isn't he gloating about the guy that's just pulled up beside him in the yacht that's 350 <laughs> totally. metres long? My mama used to say you'll always find somebody better off and you'll always find somebody worse off. Of course, and that's just a human condition yeah. and what you know, our podcasts are to address the elephant that's in the room and talk about things that people don't like to talk about because 
We've been conditioned to think that envy is a really negative thing. Mm-hmm. It's a negative thing when you're told it's a negative thing and that you're not allowed to feel it and that should keep you in shame mm-hmm. and you need to take it to the great church and be asked for the forgiveness <laughs> of Christ. Mm-hmm. No, you right. just accept it. Could you just accept, oh, I, I do wish. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't it be great if I had won the lottery last night? I'm not greeting over it. You know, I'm not like getting mad at myself. In it. But yeah. then just think, but it's all right. I've got some money in the bank. I've of got food in there. Do you know, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I can recognise I was envious, but it's no damage in my life. No, and now, loss, but- jealousy. You know, jealous of, I can look back and think, God, I wish I'd done it differently. God, I wish I felt how I feel at nearly 50 when I was 20. So I'm actually jealous yeah. of the loss in myself. <laughs> totally. I can totally relate to that. Right, here's another way of looking at what do you think about this, guys? And you need to help me here, right, because I'm going to be candid in a way that probably will give me a big ready. I'm really afraid of people being jealous of me. That's something I find really difficult to deal with. And Right, so I'll just say this out loud because I know you two love me and I can say it, right? But at one point in my life, I was a, a skinny mini. And I was young and I had uh, all sorts of situations where, uh, let's just say I was on every guest list in the city centre, right? Every, every, I'm only joking. But do you know what I mean? I was, I was, it really frightened me, um, other people's jealousy or envy or whatever one it was, I'm beginning to doubt what one it was. I mean, I can hardly say it. I feel a bit weepy. But it's a bit of me that thinks, God, Libby, would you rather folk felt sorry for you than envy you? I think that's a big inside thing that you're needing because I never think I don't want people to feel jealous of me because I don't own I don't own other people's feelings. Feel what you want, pal. It's not me that gave you the feeling. So that's just amazing. So Ross, say something. I feel as if we're needing a bit of counselling interaction here, definitely. Ross. Come on, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my time to answer that. It, so well, I'll give you some clues then. So this is how it's experienced, right? If I think somebody's trying to take strips off me, right? And we were talking earlier on about somebody who I think does want to take strips off me, right? If I think somebody's trying to take strips off me, I don't feel like a victim because you know how much I love a fight. I love a Barney. I'm Mm -hmm. really into a fisticuffs, except verbally. I like showing up uh, when when somebody's somebody's been like that. I like kind of getting into it, you know? But what I feel if somebody's trying to take strips off me is I feel a wee bit of... My heart sinks a wee bit. My heart sinks, I think, oh, this is knackering, I'm exhausted. And I feel a wee bit, a pistol kid's worth of despair. No, 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 I don't don't go. I mean, I quite often then make a decision to go, get them out of my life, you know? You know, if if I can challenge them, I'll challenge them, but... but Aristotle actually defined envy as pain at the sight of another's good fortune. (laughs) Oh, like schadenfreude. Pain, pain, and... You know, so delight that so do you, do you because envy of other people's success or I, possessions do you actually feel envy at somebody else's I don't, success I don't envy stuff I've never really envied stuff and I don't know whether that's because a deprived upbringing has made me feel what? really excited about what I've got like I, I, I'm whelmed overly at my abundance in terms of what stuff about, like other actresses or actors sorry I know you're an actor envy. what about other actors do you ever feel I could have done that role and I'd have done it better. Because I, like, I feel that quite often about people yeah. in broadcasting, probably. I, I can't believe she's doing that because I'd I, be better. I quite but. often envy how easy it is for men to get ahead in the business compared to how it is for women to get ahead in the business. I do feel it's easier 
for, for male actors than it is for female actors. Can you repeat what you said about Aristotle there? Yeah, Aristotle divide, defined envy as pain in the sight of another's good fortune. And look at how ingenious that was, that when you feel pain, you're going to get a chemical release to that. The body will throw in an opiate. Mm. The body is such an ingenious way of doing that. And yet, human emotions are so poorly understood, even though there's a long tradition of research that's penetrating that. And it was uh, Darwin that said expressions of emotions in animal and men. And we do not fully understand the amount of chemicals, the biochemical responses that are going on inside our body continually. Because every thought that we have, thoughts, feelings, actions, they're the basis of psychology. So we're then starting to create illusionary thoughts in order to feed us with chemicals, as your man said, which is pain, so that we can either get shot up with opiates, stress responses. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and you actually told us a story earlier, just of something that was going on. And I think it's interesting to bring in that thing about social media and how people's Instagram stream is not actually what their life looks like. No. It's got filters on it. And so is there, like, have we got an impression, I suppose, about the social media and that whole selfie culture actually creating a jealous generation? And do you remember the story you were Absolutely. telling us at lunchtime? Yeah. Tell yeah, us yeah. that story, because I think that's fascinating. Well, I was having a wee blether with a good pal of mine that I will remain nameless for this just now. And uh, the most wonderful soul, I can take you back to the first time I met her. I met her on the side of a mountain at two o'clock in the morning and we were doing a night hike in a snow blizzard and this blonde girl, beautiful hair, makeup, nails, aesthetically, and I looked at her and I judged her in that moment and I thought, let's see how far she's going to go. Of course, when I got to know her, she was the exact opposite of the picture that she was presenting to the world. Blonde hair extensions, teeth done, boobs done, nails done, makeup on, absolutely picture perfect. And her and I have forged this beautiful relationship. And we were talking this morning about doing a talk around about filterless Fridays Mm -hmm. and how she has noted that her friends that are on dating apps and social media are so terrified to meet anybody, they'll accept them, they'll swipe left, they'll swipe right. They're so terrified to meet the individual because the filtered image of what they've put up, they know is absolutely nothing like what they look like. Wow. Actual wow. Isn't it? It is like a fairy tale, a Grimm's fairy tale, isn't it? It's like the Emperor's New Clothes. You know, they've got all these connections, but they can't act. It's the Lady of Shalott and the, the ivory tower the, all these connections but they can't actually engage with any of them and I want you perhaps at some level to be jealous of me because but, that's going to fuel me but I'm just sitting in the house myself putting makeup on to take a photo to put a filter on it to augment it a wee bit with some app yeah and then go and on a date say, and never meet but anybody. then never actually have so you experience your life without experiencing your life a you know, often will say, I want to feel the depth and the breadth of my life, so I need to feel it all, which I think is a wisdom that comes on the other side of nearly dying. You know, it's like, just give me it all. Just give me it all and we'll decide what I like, we'll decide what I don't. So the idea of being so scared of the world that I would rather sit at home and have you believe that I am a picture that I want to create than go in the world and be real. Something's just, oh. popped, something's just popped into my head there and it's like... I have met in my life some very, um, what you would call hard men, tough men. And actually, see, when you get to know them, 
they're absolute sweethearts. They're the most gentlest people in the world, but they portray to this world this big man image. And I'm just wondering, as we are chatting this through, that maybe these young women have made themselves look so beautiful in a way that nobody would have the courage or confidence to go up and chat them up in a bar. But really what they want, they're getting the exact opposite. They're actually wanting somebody to come up to them and say, can I get your phone number? But what they're actually doing with the way that they're projecting their cell into the world is nobody's got the courage to come. They're untouchable. And it's well, your thing you know, as well, to be fair. Let's of course be fair. it is. Right, well, on, on that, I'd like to go back because what you've just said there, Ross, I think is the point. The point is that if we're doing elephants, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bust some myths. We're trying yeah. to, you know, sort of show these paradoxes in life. That, that one thing presents as, as, as one thing. Because I know the woman you're talking about, and, and like you say, she is the epitome of a total babe. Now, I know if I was talking to her, she could relate to me. And I'm going to ask you, because I'm not going to ask Anne, because we know Anne's such an oddball that she'll go, I don't have that experience, right? So I'm just going to actually ask you, Ross, right? So I want to go back and say, in terms of actually feeling that you're incurring envy of somebody else, especially imagine it's somebody you love, right? Especially imagine it's somebody you really want connection and closeness with, right? But if they're looking at you, and I'm sure she'd have this experience in her life, I know she would, if they're looking at you and they're going, oh, look at you, it's all right for you, it's all right for you, it's a shame for me, but it's all right for you, then that feeling of being negated, yeah. that feeling of being yeah. written off, you don't yeah. have any worries, you don't yeah. have any... That's why celebrities kill themselves, as far as I'm concerned. And it's about the fact that when we are being envious or jealous of other people, we see ourselves as a victim. We see ourselves as we see, but the well, violence then we see of the victim as a victim is a victimizer. So then we're perpetrating ourselves and those around us. Exactly, and, and the violence of the victim is massive. So while you're looking at somebody and going, "Oh, it's no fair. They've got all that money. They've got that guy. They've got that house. They've got that motor," what you're doing is you're projecting such shame them you're negating them it's as if they don't have issues we know that life is difficult for everybody even for the guy that's got an 18 bedroom house in malaga he's got roofs it's a great he's got... point you're disempowering yourself yep. you're being the victim anytime you feel jealous being, or envious you're, you're, you're being, being a the victim villain. and no, the villain and, and the because you're negating somebody you're negating somebody you're saying you're you don't dis- count you don't have problems so it's caught him with Envy, similar to coping with anger, do you think? Are envy and anger are very similar. They're all stress responses in the brain. Be, I, does it have co- to be addressed in a that cognitive way? Do not quote me on this, but I believe that anger and jealousy and envy are all stemmed through the amygdala, the amygdala in the brain, but don't quote me on that. But if you want to do your own research on that, <laughs> then I would encourage you to do so. But these hormones and feelings are so closely linked in the brain and I know that the one of shame, which I've thought of for 25 years, is shame works in exactly the same neuroreceptor sites in the brain as heroin. If you believe that you can become addicted to heroin, it's not too far-fetched to think that we became addicted to shame. And if envy and jealousy is the cheese and ham that go between the breed <laughs> and the breed is shame, then we've all became addicted to our own biochemical factory, which means that we're actually manufacturing these feelings to take us out of deadness and keep us in separation and completely avoid unity at all levels. And we're doing it to ourselves, Ross. We're doing it. 
Nobody else is doing it. Nobody's presenting in front of you, going, I'm thinner, I'm richer, I'm in a relationship. We are the guys bringing us to the party. So is that the torch that we can just all shine on this then? Yeah. About envy and jealousy. Are we going? It's like we're going. Just, just, just we're not doing it to ourselves. There I am, jealous again. Oh, there I go. There I go, feeling envious. Going at my disconnected. Maybe we should. Maybe we should visualise it as a wee character and get it up on our knee and just get get a wee kind of up and down in my lap and kind of go like my old friend the blues. You know, make it kind of go. Oh, there's my wee green monster. Come on, wee green monster. Do you think you've got less envious as you've got older? Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. See, I I would definitely think so. Is it actually something that is a is a pure? It's a trap that young people fall into mm. well it's it's, it, it's obvious that you would wouldn't it no I must admit I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be anybody but me that's, or is it or and is all it? the struggles and all the can the, I tell the, you one of my greatest lessons I think in the last few years on the other side of my big meteoric moment is that being authentic I thought I chose being authentic right and then I realised I didn't. I just didn't have the co- the cognitive capacity after my brain injury to be anything other than the one I used to be a hunter ans, you know. <laughs> now I'm just the just be yourself. Which but one? do you know what my experience of other people is? Is that people are either a wee bit scared of that, or they're like fascinated. Most a lot of people are quite fascinated by. Oh, you're dead different, aren't you? And I'm like, well, no, no, really. I'm just being myself. That's open to us all every day, pal. You could be yourself too. And do we just? Need to accept ourselves, yes. own ourselves, yes. be alright with folk no likeness, because actually I don't like everybody I meet, so why no. should everybody like me? Totally. And I don't know if we can get our heads around what love is. What we can do is get our heads around acceptance, and that's good enough. Just to be in acceptance of what's what journey we're on, you know, the time of our life, the circumstance of our lives, that's the, that's the shining light, that's the torch. Good. I think we've I think we've came to something there. I think we I think did. we've came to something there. Thanks very much, Ross. Thanks very much. But if you're young because you're dealing with know, but it's fine. No, it'll pass, it'll pass. You'll get better at it. Oh goodness. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to our programme. You can find future episodes on ACAST, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. With thanks to Matt Ramsey for editing and mixing this episode. This podcast was produced by Solace Sounds. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.